Blog Talk Radio. Welcome to Thursday Night at the Speakeasy Cafe. We would like to invite you to take the stage for the Sound of Ink Open Mic Poetry Night. Now, let's get started. I want your ink in our ears. Hello, everybody, and welcome to the Speakeasy Cafe Open Mic Poetry Show, The Sound of Ink. We are a spoken word open mic poetry show. If you'd like to call in and read for us tonight, the number is 646-595-3965. That's 646-595-3965. Alrighty? Awesome. So it's been a crazy, amazing week. I'm really excited to be here with you guys tonight. I have some things to go over before we get started. And that is, so make sure you have your paper and pencils out. Uh, At the beginning of the shows, I give out writing exercises and prompts and that type of thing. And we're going to be doing that in a moment. So I want to make sure you're prepared. So get your paper and pens out while we go over some announcements real quick. First of all, I want to let you know if you're interested in putting together a workshop with us, you can do so by probably messaging me on Facebook will be the easiest. If I'm not on your contacts list, it's Nyla, N-Y-L-A, dot Alicia, A-L-I-S-I-A. You can let me know what you want to put together, and we'll get that scheduled. You can do this, uh, your your pre-recorded show, if you wanted to do that, or we could do it live, depending on what you needed, or a combination of both. They can be 30 minutes, up to three hours long. And, uh, yeah, just let me know what you have put together, and we'll go over what you need to have done, and we'll figure out a way to make that happen. But it'll be a lot of fun. Looking forward to the ones we have coming up. Next, I want to thank all of our sponsors for our 2019 year uh, for helping to keep our show going. Thank you, everybody. I still don't have that list, so I can't run down the list this week and do everybody individually. But uh, it was quite a few people who jumped in and and really made this happen, and we really appreciate all of you. So with those two things said, now get your papers and pens in front of you and get ready. At the beginning of every show, I always give out some writing assignments, writing exercises, writing prompts, things like that, things for you to play with during the week. And uh, we start off with our journal assignment. And I've kind of combined those with... uh, I'm trying to pull up my pages. I'm trying to skip and talk over these words. My gosh. (laughs) So I've... uh, Normally we do, like the one month we did, what was it, Uh, this day in history, or did you know that today is blank? And we just kind of pick a theme and follow with it. But for the next two months for our journal assignments, what I'm really wanting to focus on is free writing. Because free writing, free writing, free writing, free writing is so important of a tool for you to use as a writer. Okay. And it's really funny. A couple of things that I always hear when I talk about free writing that keeps coming up time and time again is, um, but what do I write about? You know, it's as if you don't have a muse to slap you around with divine inspiration. You can't think of anything to randomly write, just just write to write. You need, you know, it's like 
I need I need my new my muse bruises, <laughs> or I just can't do it, or I hear a lot. Um, I don't have anything to write up. I don't have anything to write. It's like if you sit down to write, you're supposed to be writing a poem. Everything else is irrelevant. You know, when you sit down to write, you write sit down to write a poem. You don't write anything but poems. You don't even think about writing anything else but poems. Okay, but you have to continually write. Every day, write something. That free thought, that's what keeps your brain from getting clogged up. Okay, so it's really, really important for you to push yourself to do this. And once you start doing it, you'll wonder how you ever lived not doing it. You grow so much as a writer. It's one of, you know, right in tie with number one, one, just one of the most important things you can do as a writer to help yourself become a better writer. I don't know how to uh, explain that any better. It's, just, it's important. So anyway, the next couple of months we're really going to be focusing on free writing. And you know, if you're not free writing, you're just robbing yourself of more than you, than you could imagine. That's all I'm going to say. <laughs> and I'm going to leave you that thought for this week to kind of mull over as we as we get into this. All right, so free writing, what I'm going to do, and it's going to take all those excuses away. I don't have anything to write. I don't know what to write, blah, blah, blah. It takes all that away. I'm going to give you an idea starter. An idea starter, all that is is you put this thought in your head, you put your pen on paper, and you just start writing. And you just write. Anything that comes in your head, you just let it come out of the If you're sitting there and you're writing about this idea starter and right in the middle of that thought you think about oh my gosh I forgot eggs right oh my gosh I forgot eggs it's whatever's in your head you just write to write to get your pen to move to get your brain to flow to unclog it so your idea starter so you, there's no excuses now you, you have something to write you have something to write about think about this start writing and go wherever it goes and you should do free writing for like 10 minutes a day at least 10 minutes a day or go until you're done Either one. But, yeah, at least 10 minutes a day do your free writing. So your free – finally, here we go. Ready? (laughs) So your free writing idea starter is I want you to write a list of 50 things that make you feel good. So put your pen to paper and just start writing 50 or wherever you get. Just list of 50 things that make you feel good. Okay. Now, our exercise. The exercise and the prompt are something a little bit different. An exercise is meant to make you stretch, write in a way you've normally not written, think of things in a perspective you may not normally have thought about them. Uh, it's, it's just something to kind of make you sweat and step out of your comfort zones as writers. And, you know, when, it's only when you step out of your comfort zone that you grow. So these these are just to push you. You're not writing great works of art here. You're just doing this as a means to, as a tool to broaden your horizons, (laughs) Uh, build up those poetic muscles. So with this exercise, we're going to be exploring consequences of emotions and actions. Uh, Uncertainty, I guess is the way you, yeah, we're going to be exploring uncertainty. And I want you to think about a time in your life when you couldn't make a decision when it was like either or, and you just couldn't make the decision. And I want you to write based on this. Uh, why couldn't you make that decision? Are those whys still a factor in your life? Could you make the decision now? What would have happened if you'd chosen either or? Um, were there other choices you didn't see at the time? 
and you can now. Uh, how did how did uh, not choosing affect the the now? Uh, did this only affect you or others as well? Who influenced your choices? What emotions were you feeling? You know, what walls stood in the way of you of you making that choice? Ask yourself as many of these investigative questions as you can think of and write down your answers. And uh, for a twist, you could sit down with your pen and paper and ask someone else these questions, conduct an interview about the same thing, a decision you couldn't make, and write down their answers. This type of exercise really helps look at things and write from interesting and surprising points of view with some real unique perspectives because it makes you explore everything. You know, and as you do this and you go through this process with yourself, uh, kind of keep this in mind the next time you're trying to describe making a choice or or emotion or a cause and effect in your writing. And uh, it'll help you think of some real surprising incomes, uh, outcomes using this, uh, this little exercise. It'll help you grow stronger there. So now your prompt. Your writing prompt is like me blowing a dandelion fluff and planting a seed. It is meant to grow a poem. But where it lands and where it grows and what it grows into, I can't control that. I'm just planting the seed, but with the intentions of having a poem at the end. All right. And remember, you know, be sure to write the prompt down. When I give you your prompt, write it down the top of your journal page. Um, And remember, it's not as important what you write about with your prompt but what you do with your prompt. You know, when you first write your prompt down, if something doesn't just grab you and you start writing immediately, write the prompt down at the top of the journal page and then go down and think of how many different ways you can twist and turn that prompt or different perspectives you could write about or different meanings the prompt could have and really dissect it and twist it out of recognition. You know, just keep pushing it and pushing it until you find something that inspires you that's really cool. Instead of just taking your first thought, really push your brain to uh, look inside it and see what kind of monsters you can find or what kind of flowers are blooming in there or what do you see, the storm behind the white noise in the, between the lines and syllables and all that good stuff. <laughs> all right, so your prompt. Your prompt, which is meant to <laughs> prompt the, the completion of a poem, is... Ready? Right at the top of your journal page. Would you rather? That's the prompt. Would you rather? So you should have fun with that one. All right. The next thing I'm going to do, you guys, is I'm going to play an audio track. We always start and end every episode with an audio track. And if you are a recording artist and you would like to have your piece played on the air, you can email those tracks to me at the, the word does in the email title, the speakeasy cafe at gmail.com. That's the speakeasy cafe at gmail.com. Put MP3 audio files, something of that nature, in the subject line so it stands out for me, and I'll get those uploaded to the show's library, and we will get those played for the world. So the piece that I have that I'm going to start the show with tonight is by Miss Epiphany Castro. An amazing, amazing artist who I miss. I haven't talked to her in a while, but I saw her face uh, pop up, her beautiful, beautiful face pop up in the news feed today. And I thought, oh, I haven't played Miss Epiphany in a while. So we're going to start the show with a piece of hers, and it is a poem called Say It. 
Miss Epiphany Castro. Here we go.
That was Miss Epiphany Castro with Say It. Absolutely beautiful track by her. Check her out. Uh, Google her. She's everywhere. Incredible artist. All righty. So now, once again, if you would like to call in and read and share with us tonight, the number is 646-595-3965. That's 646-595-3965. Look forward to hearing from you. So if you are on hold right now, if you have called in, uh, I want to let you know what to expect tonight. Uh, before I get to that, I want to let area code 718-202 and 951 know that you are not in the lineup, by the way. If you guys would like to come on the air and talk, that is 718 and 202. Oh, no, it's 202. So 202, if you want to come in, press 1. If you change your mind and decide to come in later, just press 1 at any time, and it will put you in with us, okay? Awesomeness. All right, so if you're on hold, this is what you can expect tonight. We do take callers in the order that you call in, such as area code 540 is our first caller tonight. So listen for your telephone area code. When I do bring you on, please make sure that you introduce yourself. It's really important that people know who is reading and so that your name is attached to your work. Uh, the next thing is with our phone lines the way they are tonight, um, we're going to start you off with reading two short poems or one normal-sized poem, okay? So try to keep your reads to right around the five-minute mark. Be courteous to the people waiting in line behind you. When you're done reading, make sure that you give your URL. That way people can come over and find you and show you some love, do some networking, all that fun stuff. Remember that we do have a mature rating, so you are and probably will hear just about anything, with the exception of word porn. No hardcore erotica, no bumping body parts, no tab A into slot B, other than that, you are good to go. So what I'm going to do is I'm going to give the first three callers so you kind of have a heads up on where you're coming up in the lineup. Uh, so first, as I said, we have 540, then we have, have 562, and then 832. So those will be our first three callers tonight. Let's go ahead and grab dun, 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 540. 540, are you hey. with us? Hey. Hi, sweetie. How are you? You are really good about getting on first. <laughs> yeah, I, I, like got, I got my little. <laughs> oh, well, how are you doing? I am doing really, really good. Oh, good. Me too. Beautiful weather really down here sad. in the beautiful Blue Ridge Mountains. Hey, is there any of that flooding going on around you? Not around me, no. Uh, we, we, uh, matter of fact, we could use some rain here. Uh, uh, no, I've uh, caught a news story about some crazy flooding going on, so I didn't know if that was affecting you or not. No, I think that's west of us, so we're okay. We've had beautiful days here. Uh be a good day to go up on the Blue Ridge Parkway, things like that, you know. That's awesome. But, um, I, uh, I uh, sent you the MP3 for the workshop, and... Uh, <laughs> You, you might want us to see what you think of it. I, I, I think the best way for you and me to do that would be uh, when you decide you want to do it and everything we schedule it would be you and me kind of come on first and chat a little bit because I think it could get a little dry because it's on, uh, you know, how to write poetry and sometimes people kind of glaze over when you, <laughs> when you start talking about meter and rhyme and things like that, but... Uh, Tonight I'm going to, uh, what I actually teach in that workshop is, uh, well, you know, 
I learned when I was a kid, being an outdoorsman around here in the mountains, you don't make a fire, you build a fire. There's a specific thing, you know, a specific order and way that you build a fire so you can have a successful fire that'll last. And On the first light. Yes, ma'am. Uh-huh. It, it has never taken me more than one match to build a campfire. So well, I know exactly what you're talking about. You know what I mean. You, you, you know, you start with your uh, uh, your your tinder and then your fuel and on up from there. But um, and it's, it's the same is true with a poem. You know, you you should build a poem, not make a poem. You should construct a poem. And the way I look at it is, a poem is like a, a house or a building. And the stanzas that that poem consists of are like the rooms. And, or the floors, and you, you build on that. So what I, I taught on in this first workshop is going to be stanzas, the different types of stanzas. You know, I'll, I'll uh, give some examples of that, but then I teach on how to do the Spenserian stanza, which was developed by Edmund Spencer, and he was uh, one of the originators of English poetry. He lived back in the, <clears throat> the 1500s. He died in 1599, kind of pre-Shakespeare, but he's the guy that wrote The Fairy Queen. Mm-hmm. And uh, the fairy queen—it uh, was an allegory of Queen Elizabeth I. He wrote it for her, and uh, he developed this uh, particular stanza type uh, for the fairy queen. And it's actually um, what you use in a uh, an English sonnet uh, to, uh, uh, to get your uh, your fourteen lines. You use the Spenserian stanza, and uh, uh, then you you do your your next. Uh, five lines for it, but uh, a Spenserian stanza is, is consisting of uh, nine lines total, eight lines of them are in iambic pentameter, with a ninth line in iambic hexameter, and it's got its own uh, rhyming scheme, which really, you're only uh, rhyming three sounds throughout the, the whole stanza. So, uh, I'm sorry about I'm a lot of breath. I am. <laughs> you know what I think is. You know what I think is fascinating, fascinating about you doing that, and I think it's really going to be fun to hear your workshop on that. Is a lot of people you 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 love form poetry, and you love the. The, the way that the structures are and all of that, and you do such a fantastic job of explaining them and describing them so that they make sense to us. But for me, for myself as a free writer, okay, the thought of writing form poetry was terrifying to me, absolutely terrifying to me, until, you know, it's like when I sit down and write, I don't want anything to stop me. I'm just going to let it free flow and fly, and it's going to go where it goes, and I'm going to snap my fingers, and it's just going to be, you know, yeah, awesome, great. But the thought of having to sit down and put something together, it turned into math inside my head and my brain just froze and for years I wouldn't go near it and then I thought you know how can I be in this profession and work with people and and sound like I have some semblance of what I'm talking of knowing what I'm talking about how can I do that if I don't understand my own craft so I sat down to learn two new poetry forms every single month for the entire year and what clicked in my head and made it stop being math was it's easy for your muse to grab you and run away with you. 
You're being right. submissive. You're a submissive writer. What happens right. if instead you take these puzzles, this alchemy of sound and word and letters and syllables, and you take this alchemy, this recipe, this magic you know, recipe, and make those words dance and move and undulate on your fingertips, and you turn them into what you want them to be. That is being a dominant writer. You know, oh, so yeah. I, for for me, when it stopped being about math and became the alchemy, the game, the the puzzle of it, I had a blast. I absolutely had a pla- blast. And and uh, you know, I think that you're going to help people who may be uh, ma- have that math conversion challenge when it comes to thinking about writing form poetry. Well, that that's that's what I'm hoping to accomplish. And I love how you're saying the alchemy because uh, you know poetry my goodness there's as many definitions for poetry as there are poets but Mm -hmm. no matter what it's exalted language you know and uh, T. Byron Kelly one of my mentors he he, he coined that phrase is exalted language and and it's, it's where we're taking something we do all the time which is speaking or writing you know, and we're, we're, as you say, we're crafting it. We're, and especially when you're doing the forms, you know, you're you're following a formula. You're you're uh, you're you're going, and, and when you've completed one, it makes you just feel so great that you you nailed the form. You know, you you executed the form, and now you've craftily crafted this <laughs> piece of craft work. Well, you know, like you and, made uh, a potion for a goat, and you got a goat. What's not to love? There you go. Exactly. So. Uh, <laughs> Well, what I want to do is I want to read my, this is my first Spenserian stanza. And like I said, it's nine lines, eight lines of iambic pentameter, with one last line of uh, iambic hexameter. And uh, the way I think of iambic pentameter is in my mind, I think, well, it's going to, each line has to have ten syllables. Because an iam is uh, like, our heartbeat is an iam, like our heartbeat goes to dumb, to dumb. So if you got five iams, you got ten syllables, you know. Uh, five tubs and five dumbs. And then the hexameter, of course, would be you would add another iam. So it's 12 syllables uh, alternating between accented and unaccented, like to dumb, to dumb. So that's real quick on that. So this is called Creeks and Air. Appalachian livings as pure as air, exhaled by deep mountain forests so green. A life to live without disdain or care Upon the world outside, so hard, so mean Up here pertains to Lord and life, so clean As creeks from down mountains to stream displayed Among the deep hollers to flow unseen By all who live by sight of life dismayed Or lose the track of care of that in life mislaid in Sansa. See, now that was fantastic. If if someone who doesn't know the form and doesn't know what they're looking for, that is just a fantastic poem all in its own right. But then when right. you consider the magic of it, as I said, the alchemy of it, you know, how you were able to, to write that great poem, but when you know the secret, when you know the, the esoteric puzzle behind the words and you recognize that you were able to create that 
by spinning them on your, you know, those little balls that, you, that they, you know, they have like five of them in their hand and they keep them spinning. You know, you, you made right. words dance like that and fit into that form and come out that easily sounding and beautiful. And that's awesome. that fat trip. That, that's, where, that's where, you know, you really go, wow, that's just so cool, you know. So, uh, and, and I uh, think that, you know, go ahead. I was going to say, I think that, you know, writing things like that and challenging ourselves like that and pushing our brains, it is so important to do. You know, we need to stop, we need to stop thinking everything that we write has to be posted on Facebook. We need to stop writing, uh, thinking that everything we write somebody has to read. You know, and, and consider writing, you know, doing things like this, challenging yourself, pushing yourself. You know, go away from being the submissive writer and, and, you know, try being a dominant writer. Instead, flip the coin on yourself. And I just I just think that that's so important. Okay, I'm done. I'm rambling. <laughs> well, I'll, I'll leave you with this. You know, uh, I've only done it once. I'll never do another one because they're monstrous. But uh, you ever heard of a sustina? A sustina, a sustina? is like, yeah. <laughs> They're uh they're like the hardest form to nail. It's, it's a monstrous form, thirty nine lines. <laughs> you know all sorts of uh, it, uh, different rhyming schemes you have to incorporate. It has to be done a, a certain uh, uh, a certain way. You know with certain words refraining. It doesn't really have a rhyming scheme. It's got a refrain script. But it is a monster to write, and uh, I've only done one. But I mean I I made myself. You know, made my mind up, and I made myself sit down one Saturday afternoon, way back when I first started all this. And for four hours, uh, I worked and hammered out a sustina. And I decided if I was only going to do one, you know, I made it rhyme. I forced it to rhyme. I did it all in iambic pentameter, and the thing actually makes sense when you read it. It's grammatically correct. But, uh, you know, (laughs) I will never do another one. And I've never really done that one live. For people, but uh, just the sense that I have that, you know, all these years later, I'm talking about it here on a podcast. You know, I I am so proud of myself that I sat down and accomplished a sustainer and did it the way I did it. You know, uh, I, I did it for myself. And, you know, that's that's who you should be doing any of your poetry for, first and foremost, is is yourself. You know, if it doesn't teach or delight you in some way, then really, what's the point? Exactly. So, but uh, I want to get off here. Let somebody else get a chance. My name is Philip Church. Show me some love, like uh, Nala says. I'm on Facebook. Uh, you, you can friend me, or you can find me on Amazon. Philip Kent, K-E-N-T Church. Search Philip Kent Church, and you'll find all my books and stuff. And uh, remember to uh, buy a lot for yourself and your friends and family. My kids need shoes. So <laughs> I don't I don't have any kids. So that doesn't really apply. But. So anyhow, hopefully awesome. I will be able to join you next week. And uh, if you get a chance to listen to that MP3, let me know what you think and how you want to do it. So. Awesome. And you sent yeah. that to the Speakeasy, right? Yeah, thespeakeasy.com. So. Okay. Gmail. Awesome. All right. I will look for it, sweetheart. All right. I'll talk to you next week. Thanks, Philip. Great job tonight, honey. Bye-bye. Thanks. All right. Our next caller comes from area code 
562. 562, you're on the air. Good evening, Nala. This is Samuel Raines. Hey, Samuel. How are you, sweetheart? Uh, I'm doing great. I'm doing great. Getting ready for showtime, uh, which is the NBA finals. But, you know, I got you first. And I'm going to get on and get off and get out <laughs> yes, of the way. Yes. So, <laughs> anybody else want to do their thing? I have much better legs than they do real. anyway. <laughs> Yeah, well, this will be real quick because both these pieces are really short. And, and uh, just okay. to let people know, uh, you can find me on Facebook at Samuel Rain. You can, um, uh, I think how they said it's IG or something. That's Instagram, uh, cepoetry.la. Um, and if you want to check out some more of my work, uh, I have new books coming out this next month. Um, I think uh, it's going to be nice for people to check out. So I'm going to get into that. So. Uh, I won't prolong my uh, on the mic. So uh, what I'm going to share is from Love and the Conversation. And this first piece is titled, If You Please. Let me love you endlessly. Writing the moments until this love is through. Call me a junkie to your love, if you please. There's no other way I want to be than loving you like your dreams. For these treasures, I'll be whatever name you call me. Here's my number. And that's that piece. That was phenomenal. <laughs> I loved it. Thank Great job so, uh, on that one, honey. Thank you. So here's another piece from that same project, which is which titled Loving the Conversation. It'll be out um, on uh, Innate Divinity Books. Uh, it'd be everywhere, Amazon, your local bookstore, wherever you want to get it. Uh, I may even be doing a book signing, another one at Barnes & Noble, so you'll definitely be able to get that book there. And this piece is called Love's Interruption. It was time to define my emotions. Love and desire were to be the encounter. These temptations got me caught up like you're my only destiny by another Brought me to surrender, knowing how incredible it would be loving you like an illusion. I won't pretend, right? I'm ready to get it. Let me drive you crazy like love is supposed to be with no interruptions. And that's that piece, non-complicated passions. Indeed you are. That was absolutely beautiful, both of those pieces. I'm so glad that you were able to call in tonight. I miss you when you're not around, when you're not here. Oh, thank you. You know, I did email you some tracks um, a while back. I don't know if you got to them, but I sent them to the speakeasy cafe at gmail.com. I will go in and look. If I don't see them there, I will let you know ASAP because I don't think that I've seen them. Okay. You can inbox me. I will send them back to you again. Okay. Let well, let me look for him first because him. I'm not saying that I didn't uh, – things can scroll past me very quickly and me not even realize they're there. I have to go back all the time because I just get so much email in that email box that it's crazy sometimes. So let me go check. And if they're not there, if they are there, then uh, I'll let you know. If they're not there, I'll let you know that as well. Okay, great. Awesome. All yes, right, sweetheart, a million thank yous for spending some time with us tonight. Uh, Thank you for having me, and uh, I'll see you next week. 
<laughs> okay, and let us know how the game goes. All right, yeah, definitely. <laughs> okay, much love. In fact, write a poem about it. Peace. We'll talk to you later, Samuel. All right. Thank you. Bye, Ann. <laughs> All right, our next caller comes. I can't even see. I, I took my glasses off, and I'm looking, saying, how come I can't see anything? Where's the, okay, 832, uh, 832, you're on the air. Hey, Hello, Soldier Blue Blue. How are you, my love? <laughs> um, all right. You know, one day at a time. You, sound, you sounded so happy when you called in. Now all of a sudden, what happened? <laughs> I, I, no, no, it's just, no. How's just, everything uh, going for you? Uh, it's all right. I mean, you know, I had my birthday the other day, obviously, and it's like just introspection, mostly because it was just like I was working on that day, so wasn't much to it. Yeah, you know, like I said, just goes rolling along, like whatever. Another year, who cares? But um, it's a, just a, most something I did just now. Well, I say just now, but last day or so. It's uh, called darker, 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 darkness. Shave on. Thunder creeps across the hills again. Koga mongon. Badger digs for his medicine again. And the dreams of the people smell like fire again. Compte pezi drago tronde. Shave. Shelter, darkness. Gedakishkon. Shadow shapes over sacred ground, burnt coals, ashen eyes, smoke-made lives, each chosen on. Darker, darker, oh, yes, darkness. The bones rattle as if to dance. Tisatu, tree limbs shake in time to the whisper movement of deer toes upon a sacred foundling wind. Darker. Darker. Mm-hmm. Darkness. Shabetzite, suddenly appearing dark. The road, the row, the scythe of the reaper that glows in the dark nest of night with the silver shafts of the singing, singing moon. Waboske ibakse, koga, niu bidon, shage, niu sage. Badger dips his hands into the arterial flow of a river that no longer is. Dried mud flats, cracked clays of memory, just. Dreams that have arrived too late. The colors shine, stark relief of incandescence, every small fault line, a medley of missteps. Dagonska, leaves, flowers, blossoms, Nikotze, ashes upon the driven wind. Radze, Beje, Katze. 
The grass is growing. Soft berms. A graft. A graveyard geography. Darker. Darker. Darkness. Shabe Shotze. The Shabe Shotze. A whiff of smoke forms a whiff of darkness that you can't hold in your hand, Nombe. Ages dawn and disappear. Gasonin. The cool petroglyphs. The old ones. They yet survived. Petroglyphs were mon pchete de Messages from home. The mist settles, the songs rise, hands are lifted, the bones are buried. Wahi and well cared for. Miukpe, the sunset long and coming has finally arrived from that distance so far away. Gakatra, it is time. Darker, darker, darkness. In darkness we so travel through the darkness. We walk our way, we know we will be well received. Let's see the shuffle shoe shine dance. We will spark the darkness with a silver skein of a skim of air of a breath neon with a shiver of moonlight. Wujinga. From the lost moon, the dark moon, the new moon, bones, thin skins for fire dreaming, haunted, darker, darker, darkness, shabby. Soon shall be the ringing shriek of the trees, bowed limbs dancing agonies in the freely sweet forms of the wind, darker, darker, oh, yes, darkness. There is the sigh, the touch of a whisper of a blackened breath, mist match of the night, home, home, morning. And we have become ourselves again. We are the ones who travel at night, a spilling of restless seed, wamontse, Teeth shatter in the telling of such stories. Born with shadows. Gedake. Darkness, fire, beji. Too bright the hours. Too shattered the spirit shaken from the storm. Flesh. Those who would cast us out from where we were born. Darker. Darker. All. Darkness. Death and dying have no hold over such as we. The ghost road born, walking, waking upon the harvest path, walking sticks heavy with sounds falling from them. Shocks of bound, bonded, sacred corn. 
darker, darker, all darkness. Shabby. The way has been made clear. Baboske Ibakse. The reaper has walked here before us. Gake Gihoni. The crow has flown over us. Smoke songs and peltry. Life stirs and we shall be again. Nonke Ujonge Ubekin. And peace. That was incredible. <laughs> Thank you. Yes, it's really mesmerizing listening to you read. Just that I'd love to be able to sit down and just go through all of the different things that I hear. I think one of my favorite things that you do of all time is just your sound rhymes. The way you can use sounds, you use a um a sound pattern within a sentence to make it bounce, to make it punch. It's just it's a, a fantastic talent you have. Thank you. I think I've you know for you know, for for myself it's just a, a place of gratitude that I started with music instead of uh, coming to music from words. I think it I think it's that's what that's what. Uh, you think that's what influences it? Well, it's, uh, yeah, well, it, it, it's where I, again, it's, it's just where I started from. You know, I started with music. I started uh, with singing in choirs and playing instruments and then came into, you know, the kind of like the place where I started seeing uh, what I was reading as mental movies, you know, and, and books. And then from there, being able to shape words. Um, so, like I said, I think that's... Uh, I'm, you know, I'm, I, I, again, I'm I'm grateful for that. You know, I'm I'm glad I started with with the music first. That's really awesome. All right, my darling, tell everyone where they can come show you love. Okay. Yeah, you can find me on uh, uh, Facebook, uh, Rafe Wild, and then underneath in parentheses it says Soldier Blue, and uh, I'm, I'm there. And then I got uh, my uh, Anchor app. Uh, up with the uh, with the podcast, which is on Spotify and uh, some other uh, podcast areas. It's a free podcast, so no uh, no charge for that. Um, I've got a recent invitation. I don't know how what it's exactly going to uh, come out to be in terms of uh, how it works or doesn't work, but um, it's, it sounds it looks interesting. So you know. It uh, you know has possibility of uh, maybe getting my work out there a little further, and uh, we'll just have to wait and see what happens with that one. I'm not sure yet, but like I said, it just it looks interesting. Um, and uh, I got Reverb Nation going. I'm doing YouTube, and yeah, like I say, just kind of all over the place doing some things. What happens next? <laughs> all good things, my darling. All good things. Yeah. All right, Soldier Blue, fantastic job tonight. You going to hang out with us for a while? Um, I can. I can do a little bit. I got a. I got some things I need to try to take care of here in a minute. Why don't Why don't you do that real uh, fast? And if you can, uh, try okay. calling back in tonight. Then. 
Okay, I'll do that. Okay. All right, love. I can do that. All right. All right, hon. Thank, Thank you, Miss Nyla. Much we'll appreciated for this. Talk to you soon. Continued platform of expression. You are very welcome. <laughs> bye, bye, hon. <laughs> All right, so I want to let area code 202 know that you're still not in the lineup. Samuel, I see you still on the line. And let's go ahead and grab area code. By the way, you guys, if you're trying to get into the uh, chat room, it is misbehaving tonight, so please just keep poking it with a stick, and it should let you in eventually. Uh, Getting quite a few emails about that, so, yeah, looks like there are some tech issues tonight. Hopefully our lines are holding out okay. All right, our next caller, 951, you are on the air. Hello, Myla. Hey, Eric sweetie. Ma. Hi, Eric. How are you, sweetheart? I'm sorry. Let me you had up. a good week? Hello? I can hear you. Okay. I had to make a quick change. I'm in my car. Um, okay. Do you want to pull over? Thank you through the park. No, I'm on the phone. Okay. About a minute or so. So, um, I'm I'm sitting here going through the poem I was thinking of doing, and I don't know. I've never read it before, and in fact, it's one of those poems you you write it for the page, and after you, after you've written it, you look at it and say, I don't know how I would even begin to read that aloud mm-hmm. because it's intense for, I'm going to go ahead and go right now. <laughs> um, it's intended to have a visual impact, you know. So the first portion of the poem, it works, it's fine. And when I get to the last few lines, I'm not really sure how to make it work. I am pulling up to my house so you can hear my car playing the charm. With a lullaby. <laughs> awesome accompaniment. Yeah. That's what it sounds like when I get home. <laughs> That's a happy thought. Right. I like it. I thought so too. Yeah. So, um, quick pleasantry, how have you been? I have been doing really, really well. It's been a fantastic week, and I've been playing with my new puppy, and, and uh, yeah, it's been awesome. That's good. But puppies are so much fun. Once they, they are. Peeing all over the place and chewing on everything delicious in the house. Uh, yes. <laughs> Everything. Right. Yeah. I kind of miss those days. But I have a human puppy now, so fortunately she doesn't really chew on everything, but she will write. Yeah, she's a little clever little something. <laughs> um, I think I'm just going to read it as it... We'll see how this works. Um, I'm not even sure why I wrote this. No, I know that. I know it's a poem that I've I've needed to write for some time. 
and this might not be the final version. This might not actually be that re- that 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 rendition that accomplishes what I need to accomplish. But in any case, five accidents I have been. In the first, an infant. I could not understand the impact, but knew to cry out while a man in white poured over my tent places as though I was a dark mystery in this, a first shedding of light. The second came at a light where I was slow to pull away, nudged forward by a man so anxious to leave. Also, the man I became when she ran late, but some accidents self-correct. With the third, I was met in an intersection by a woman turning without eyes. Hind or four, is it possible one of these sights is more valuable? Or close to home, I saw too far beyond the truck stopped ahead and could not slow myself enough. This seems how it happens most often. My fifth time of being, I sat waiting to enter the freeway, an object growing larger in my rear view, closer than she appeared. At the last instant, I released the brake to soften the blow. She set me down to soften the blow. I was knocked across the street, knocked across the room, went back to see if she was alive along to see if she was alive. For months, I visited a hospital. We visited a hospital. In all, I lost my car. I lost, I'm not sure what. Insurance determined the loss completely totaled. The loss was complete. And the total. That's the end of that piece. Wow. That was incredibly written and freaking haunting as hell. Oh, thank you. That that was absolutely intense. Amazing. Thank you. I'm... Working on producing strong content, you know, but also speaking with the little bits of me that have gone ignored for so long. There's a lot of stories that we need to tell, right? It is. It is. I'm just wild. I just thought that was incredible, hon. Thank you. You're very welcome. All right. Right, Tell everyone uh, how they can come shower you with love. <laughs> okay, so um, I am available for love showering. Um, no puns <laughs> intended. Well, come on now. Get your, get your minds, right? Get your minds, right? <laughs> I'm Eric Devon. Um, on Facebook, Eric Devon, E-R-I-C-D-E-V-A-U-G-H-N-N. On Instagram, I am True the Poetic. And I also have a page I'm involved with called Innate Divinity Books, also on Instagram. You can see a few. We're still building up that page, but you can see a few of the books we've designed 
covers we've designed and books we've formatted it, books I've edited. Um, I've worked, I'm working along with uh, Samuel Rain. Just heard him earlier. His wonderful Dark Man Blues collection and um, upcoming book, Love in the Conversation. Shout out to Samuel Rain. Um, he he didn't even tell us any of this. What the hell? What? Samuel, hang on a second. No, he, he's on. He, he's still on the line. I'm unmuting him. Samuel. <laughs> Samuel, are you there? He absolutely did. Samuel. He's not answering me. He may be muted. I have him on the line. <laughs> See if I yeah, yeah, he's he, he's in trouble. He didn't mention why. How could he not? How could he not mention all that? I'm so glad you told me. He mentioned, that is incredible. How fun! He, he, he mentioned that last week. Uh, I'm pretty sure he's pretty. He's usually pretty good at promoting uh, a, a brand. Um, he's he's good at that. I'm not quite as. This, this is this is my way of reminding him that he needs to do that. <laughs> Absolutely. By all means, you guys, everybody, you know, anything you have going on, you're welcome to share and network with all the writers and let them know. So I'm glad you did that. And uh, yeah, I'm picking on Samuel, but I love him <laughs> dearly. All right, of course, Eric, of go ahead and finish up, hon. I'm sorry. <laughs> oh, I um, just want to reiterate because I did throw a lot of stuff in there in between. So that's um, at on Instagram. That's at N8 Divinity Books. That's two N's in N8. And also True the Poetic, T-R-U-E-T-H-E, Poetic, on Instagram. Awesome. All right, sweetheart. Fantastic job tonight, hon. Thank you. (laughs) Have a good evening, and I'll listen. Awesome. We'll talk to you soon, babe. All right, I'm going to go ahead and give you guys the next three callers so you kind of have a heads up where you are. Uh, our next caller comes from area code 718, then 219, and then 903. So 718, you are on the air. Good evening, Nyla. It's Jim Hart in Brooklyn. How are you? Hey, Jim. I'm doing great. How are you doing, sweetheart? Oh, okay. How Actually doing tonight? very well. I, I had... Uh, uh, procedure. I had cancer in my hand, and thankfully they got it all. So <clears throat> I'm doing quite well. Well, congratulations on that. We are very Thank happy you. to hear that. Thank you. Uh, I have uh, two quick poems tonight. The first one is, I'll say, semi-humorous. It's called Not Today. Are you sure about the suicide, she said, Yeah, I said, hoping, I guess, for some sympathy. The window's over there, she said. It's open. We're high enough. It'll do the job. I stared. She had nothing further to say. She just put her glass to her lips and took a long slug, watching me and waiting. I got myself a glass. The whiskey wasn't the cheap stuff. And I saw no reason why she should have it all to herself. End piece. <laughs> Very clever. That was awesome. Uh, the, <clears throat> the second poem is not humorous at all. 
It's called Changing Neighborhood. America the Beautiful, the Fallen Angel, the Fixed Beauty Pageant Winner, Fucked, the Homemade Blue Ribbon Housewife Cheating with the West Point Cadet, the Back Alley Mugger Waiting for Your Neighbor's 16-Year-Old Virgin Daughter Blonde-Skinned Woman of His Rapist Fantasies, the November Honest Politician Who Got Your Vote then have a numbered Swiss come January. The technological minds bought, dealing us only disposable lighters, blowout tires, and the rest of the imitation shit we feed on. The recruit army geniuses, brainwashing the high school enlistee, giving better pay and slackening some codes of conduct. Wait till the wars, you stupid young bastards, unsuspecting of your misled slaughter. Wait till your beautiful blue eyes of 18-year young non-seeing splendor are hung blinded and dead from the barbed wire entrapments of your innocence. I tell you now, young America, because I wish not to wait till your coffin homecoming to snub I told you so's at your military funerals. America the beautiful, of thee I sing. Wow, that was intense. Thank you. That was incredibly well written, Jim. Oh, thank you. You are very welcome. I absolutely love listening to you read. So uh, do me a favor, tell everyone how they can come over and they can read some as well. Okay, I am on Facebook, Jim Hart. I also have a web page, jimhartpoet.com. The book I just read from A Handful of Smoke and another poetry collection, Ramblings of a One-Eyed Garbage Man, are on Amazon, as well as two detective novels, The Tom Collins to Go and The Aviation Cocktail. Awesome. Thank you so much for sharing that with us. You guys check out what he's got going on. He's an incredible writer, an amazing friend, and you will be absolutely uh, rewarded for doing so. All right, Jim, fantastic job tonight, honey. Thank you. Have a good evening. You too, sweetheart. Bye. Bye-bye. All right, our next caller comes from area code 219. 219, you're on the air. Good evening, y'all. This is Brother on the line from East Chicago, Indiana. Hey, Brother O. How are you, sweetheart? I'm doing well. I'm doing well. How are you doing? I am doing absolutely wonderful. We're starting to have some issues, technical issues on the show, just so you guys know. Um, other than that, everything's great. <laughs> yeah. Oh, good. Good to hear that. I'm glad to hear that. So what did you bring for us tonight, sweetheart? Paul's called God's revenge is twice as powerful as my revenge. I dear brothers and sisters, are you still struggling with the temptations and thoughts to seek revenge on people who mistreated, abused, took advantage of, used, and hurt you? Or 
wanted justice that you suffered. I know this may come as a surprise to you. I thought of it as an unconventional solution to your dilemma. The Oxfam is twice as powerful than your revenge. Instead of playing the role of judge, jury, and execution, let God take care of that for you. And allow him to repay you double for all of your trouble. Repay you for every wrong that was committed against you. Repay you for every woman lie that was spread about you. Repay you for every dollar shit that was stolen from you. Repay you for suffering physical, sexual, or verbal abuse in your childhood. And pay you for those folks it's through shade and hatred on your gifts, talents, and anointing. My dear brothers and sisters, God has a unique way of eating up the score. Step out of the way and let him handle that. Trust and believe in the payment that you'll receive. Nothing compared to the amount of revenge that you ever could ever dish out your enemy. As a matter of fact, don't even have to lay your hands on that brother or sister who wanted to hurt you because when God gets through with him or her, you she will owe you an engraved apology. But the battle is already decided in your favor. See, God's anger and wrath is a million times more powerful than your revenge. Romans 12 and 19 declares what is written. It is mine to avenge, and I will repay, says the, says the Lord. That brother and sister who thought that he or she was getting away with doing wrong and hurting you is for a rude awakening. See, my dear brothers and sisters, don't get into the temptations for getting even. You will suffer more pain and suffering than the brother and sister who hurt you. So give your desire for vengeance to God because his method of payback is much more efficient than your get back. It's perfectly normal to get angry for being a victim of an injustice that was committed against you and your loved ones. However, give God your anger because he's the master getting recompensed. Hebrews 10 and 30 declares, so we know him that has said. Vengeance belongs unto me, and I shall recompense, says the Lord. For he shall judge his people. My dear brothers and sisters, God has a way for compensate you for all of your suffering at the hands of your oppressors and haters. Second Thessalonians 1 and 6 says, declares it is a righteous thing with God to recompense tribulation. Them in trouble. A person with no remorse, compassion, love, or forgiveness in his or her heart will suffer a punishment that is worse than death. But Revelation 21 and 8 declares the fearful, the unbelieving, and the abominable, the murderers, along with all of the liars. The sorcerers, thieves, and idolaters, and all other evildoers that have their part in the race, which burns with brimstone. 
In other words, the guys were saying in that scripture was they will suffer the second death of the lake of fire. My dear brothers and sisters, never repay evil with evil. And always overcome evil with good. The good eventually prevails over evil. Now, before I end this poem, I have one more scripture that I want to leave you with. Leviticus 19 and 18 declares, You shall not avenge nor hold or bear any grudges against the children of my people, but love your neighbor as you would love your own brother or sister. In poem. Always words of wisdom there, Brother O. Thank you. <laughs> You're very welcome. So do me a favor. Tell everyone how they can come and visit with you. Uh, for those of you who are not connected with me on Facebook, I can be found on the Omar Brother O. Gavin on Facebook. As always, I appreciate your support every support every. Early night on the CTV Cafe. Thanks. Oh, we appreciate you, Brother O. Thank you so much for being here tonight and for sharing. Thank you. All right, sweetheart. We will talk to you soon, hon. Okay. All right. Our next caller comes from area code 90. Oops. Uh, not, no, no, there we go. 903. 903, you're on the air. Hello, Nyla. This is Eric Shulman. How are you doing? My goodness, Eric. How are you? It has been a while, my dear. Yes, it has. I'm doing good. Just working a lot. Yeah, it's really good to hear from you. We've been missing you and thinking about you. Well, thank you. I've been thinking about you, too, and the show, too. I'm going to so, probably uh, be on more frequently, but oh, go ahead. No, I know we, know we know life happens, and we all have to do adulting once in a while, but, you know, you know there's always a, a place set for you at the table no matter how long you're gone. We understand. That's you're right. always missed. Thank you. I appreciate it. So what do you well, have I for got, us tonight, uh, love? One of my, actually, it is my newest poem. Actually, I got two of them, but I'm just going to read one. Uh, so it's called Making My Own Wretchedness. Making My Own Wretchedness. Finally, I am realizing that both good and bad things have continuously been done to me, or to and for me, by others. But who is truly to blame but myself for never controlling my reactions and not allowing these things to affect me? which were mainly negatively. And instead, I just blew up and threw a tantrum like a two-year-old child, screaming, yelling, complaining, whining, nagging about how it was unfair because I wasn't ever getting my way or that I had to do things that I truly did not want to do, nor am I even interested. Oh, hang on. Okay, never mind. Oh, yeah, Sorry, I lost my place. <laughs> All right. Uh, hanging out hanging out with other negative peoples 
who are constantly struck, you know, stuck in their own wretchedness and do the same that I had done for the majority of my life up until now, trying to put a stop to my never-ending circular cycles of wretchedness, always thinking negatively and pessimistically about my life and myself, thinking that I am always destined for failure and distraught, no matter what I do or don't do. Of course, I'm not perfect, and I still slip up every now and again, fighting with myself on every decision that I make or don't make definitely doesn't help either. Now is the time for me to take myself back from my current self in which I have created and become completely true to myself to stop being overtly introverted more so than extroverted to stop doubting myself about everything that I think and or create to stop being so hard on myself to stop letting everything that I am for or against to piss me off to start thinking before I act or make a decision and not just letting my rage and anger engulf me without me thinking. No need for me to be a pansy crybaby whenever I don't get my way. No need for me to continue forcing my biases onto everyone else either in my poetry or even in real life conversations with others. No need for me to be the perfect lover as I can be. Creating my own wretchedness hasn't been any fun at all. However, realizing and admitting it to myself should definitely help me overcome it instead of enduring. That's in peace. I really love the strong self-dissection and vision, the the insight into that piece. You know, accepting both your triumphs and your shortcomings and owning them and just, you know, it was a great piece, hon. Missed you. Missed your right. work. Thank you. Sorry I've been gone. So, it's um, okay. Did you want to read a thanks. second one? Do you have time? Yeah, I got time to read the second one. Yeah. So, okay. I'll read the second one real quick. Um, this one is actually, uh, I finally wrote a Memorial Day home since, uh, Monday was Memorial Day. I decided to write my own little version of it. It's called United States of America's Unsung Heroes. Sing a song about them. Give praise unto them. Write and speak memorials for them. Write and read eulogies aloud to others. For every soldier, sailor, airman, marine, and any other civilian fighter who lost their lives fighting for their and our freedoms, Never forget every unsung hero of colonial times, wars, conflicts, and until now, who fought and died in King Philip's War, in which New England colonies fought against Wampanoag, Narragansett, and Nipmuc Indians, in King William's War, in which the English colonies fought against France, in Queen Anne's War. War of Spanish Secession, in which the English colonies fought against France. In King George's War, War of Austrian Secession, in which the French colonies fought against Great Britain. And French and Indian War, Seven Years' War, in which the French colonies fought against Great Britain. In Cherokee War, in which the English colonists fought against Cherokee Indians. 
and the American Revolution in which English colonists fought against Great Britain and Franco-American Naval War in which United States fought against France and Barbary, or Barbary Wars, Wars in which United States fought against Morocco, Algiers, Tunis, and Tripoli in the War of 1812 in which the United States fought Great Britain and Creek War in which the United States fought against Creek Indians in the War of Texas Independence in which Texas fought against Mexico in Mexican-American War in which the United States fought against Mexico in the United States Civil War in which the Confederacy fought against the Union in Spanish-American War in, the, in which the United States fought against Spain in World War One, in which the Triple Alliance, Germany, Italy, and Austria-Hungary fought against the Triple Entente, Britain, France, and Russia, until the United States joined the side of the Triple Entente in 1917, and World War Two, in which the Axis powers, Germany, Italy, Japan, fought against major Allied powers, United States, Britain, France, and Russia. And Korean and Korean War, in which the United States, as a part of the United Nations, and South Korea fought against North Korea and Communist China. And Vietnam War, in which the United States and South Vietnam fought against North Vietnam in the Bay of Pigs invasion, in which the United States fought against Cuba. And Grenada, which was the United States intervention, and the U.S. invasion of Panama, in which the United States fought against Panama, and the Persian Gulf War, in which the United States and the coalition forces fought against Iraq, and intervention in Bosnia and Herzegovina, in which the United States, as a part of NATO, acted as peacekeepers in former Yugoslavia in invasion of Afghanistan, in which the United States and the coalition forces fought against the Taliban regime in Afghanistan to fight terrorism, and the invasion of Iraq, which the United States and coalition forces fought against Iraq, and the war in, a war in northwest Pakistan, in which the United States fought against Pakistan with mainly drone attacks in Somalia and north Eastern Kenya, in which the United States coalition forces fought against all Shabab militants, and Operation Ocean Shield, Indian Ocean, in which NATO allies fought against Somali pirates, and intervention in Libya, in which the United States and NATO allies fought against Libya, and Lord's Resistance Army, in which the U.S. and allies fought against the Lord's Resistance Army in Uganda and the U.S.-led intervention in Iraq, in which the U.S. and coalition forces fought against the Islamic State of Iraq and Syria, and the U.S.-led intervention in Syria, in which the U.S. and coalition forces fought against Al-Qaeda, ISIS, and Syria, and Yemeni civil war, in which Saudi-led coalition and the U.S., France, and Kingdom fought against the Talif rebels, Supreme Political Council in Yemen and allies in the U.S. intervention in Libya, in which the U.S. and Libya fought against ISIS, and every other unsung hero 
from any other wars that are not mentioned above. Always remember, never forget to give thanks to, give praise to, write and read eulogies to others about them, write and speak mem- uh, memorials for them, and sing a song for all of Americans' fallen heroes who died serving and fighting for our and their country. Without their sacrifices, we might not still be here in the United States of America. That's in peace. Strong, strong convictions in that one. Great job, hon. Well, thank you so much. Um, I wanted to uh, commemorate and give praise to and to reflect on fallen uh, veterans and you know and fallen uh, people of war. And I put civilians in there because, at the you know during colonial times, it wasn't just people fighting that were actually you know contracted either. So that's why I put that's why I put that in there. And plus, there's people that fight overseas that aren't you know contracted in the like they're not part of the military. So. Mm-hmm. But yeah, thanks so much. I appreciate it. I'm gonna get some gas. We're getting. I don't know if my dad already got it. So we're on a. I'm heading back to my folks' place, and I got a uh, neurological scan uh, consultation tomorrow, and I'm going to be checking up on my Huntington's um, Huntington's disease to see if it's active yet. So that's been in my family for ten generations. So I'm sure everything's going to be fine, sweetie. Uh, it probably will be. Thank you. I appreciate it. And, uh, You're very welcome. You can, you can find me on Facebook. It's Eric Shellman. I haven't been on in a while, and I need to. I need to start writing up again too. So I don't have any uh, plans right this second. So I've just been busy very working cool. a lot. So <laughs> well, thank you so much for the platform. Thanks for having me. Sorry I've been gone forever. <laughs> That's okay, I definitely sweetheart. will try to come when I can. So. All right, hon. All right, thank, thank you. you Have a good one. I'm a, you're welcome. Bye. Bye-bye. So good to hear from him. All right, our next caller comes from area code 509. 509, you are on the air. Hello, my name is Spencer. Spencer Rice. I Hi, am, Spencer. Uh, actually, I'm unprepared tonight for to give you guys a poem. Um, I I usually have um, <clears throat> a good buddy who has a show on at uh, 9 p.m. Eastern time that uh, I call into, but he was a no-show tonight. So I was wondering if you could uh, say a prayer for me because I have strep throat and I barely have a voice now. I'm actually just kind of reaching out, you know, to someone to say a prayer for me. And I appreciate it. Well, I know that you'll feel better soon. And, uh, you know, I'm sorry your friend wasn't able to do his show tonight, but I'm sure everything's with him just fine. And and just appreciate you being here with us tonight, hon. Thank you. You're very welcome. So do you want me to put you back on hold so you can listen to the rest of the show? Yes, please. All right, hon. Appreciate you being here, sweetheart. Welcome. 
right, thank you very much. All righty. So 951, I see you on. We are having issues with our lines right now. Uh, it looks like we're down to our emergency lines. So I'm sure they're doing normal. We have 200 lines coming to the show right now. We do not. We have five. So uh, if you're trying to get into the show and you're getting that fast, busy signal or something like that, just keep trying. The number is 646-595-3965 if you're trying to call in. And uh, I do want to let area code 951 know that I do see you on the line. If you wanted to come on live, go ahead and press 1, and that will let me know to bring you on. If you're here just listening, appreciate you being here, 951. If you change your mind at any time, press 1, and it will let me bring you on since you're on here. And once again, if you guys are trying to, to dial in, and getting that fast busy, just keep trying. It'll let you on eventually. So what I am going to do right now is I am going to play a couple tracks. We still have Eric on the show, and we still have Samuel. Uh, I've got their lines here, so I may check with them a minute to see if they want to read something else. So, Samuel, if you're listening, if you want to read something else, since I've still got you on the line, uh, press 1, and I'll know that you want to uh, jump back on. Eric, same thing. If you want to come back on and read another one, press 1. All right. Um, but otherwise, I'm going to go and 951, press 1 if you want to come on. So I've got those callers on on the uh, I've got those callers on the line. So, yeah, keep poking with the stick. I'll let you in eventually. I'm going to play a couple tracks while we are letting the text do their job. The first one I'm going to do is by Andrea Gibson. It's called Photograph, and here you go. I wish I was a photograph tucked into the corners of your wallet. I wish I was a photograph you carried like a future in your back pocket. I wish I was that face you show to strangers when they ask you where you come from. I, I wish I was that someone that you come from every time you get there. And when you get there, I wish I was that someone that got phone calls and postcards saying, wish you were here. I wish you were here. Autumn is the hardest season. The leaves have all fallen and they fell like they were falling in love with the ground. And the trees are naked and lonely. I keep trying to tell them new leaves will come around in the spring. But you can't tell trees those things. They're like me. They just stand there and don't listen. I wish you were here. I've been missing you like crazy. I've been hazy-eyed staring at the bottom of my glass again. Thinking of that time when it was so full it was like we were tapping the moon for moonshine. Or sticking straws into the center of the sun and sipping like Icarus would forever kiss the bullets from our guns. I, I never meant to fire, you know. I know you never meant to fire, lover. I know we never meant to hurt each other. Now the sky clicks from black to blue and dusk looks like a bruise. I've been wrapping one-night stands around my body like wedding bands and none of them fit in the morning. They just slip up my fingers and slip out the door and all that lingers is a scent of you. I once swore if I threw that scent into a wishing well, all the wishes in the world would come true. Do you remember? Do you remember the night I told you I've never seen anything more perfect than snow falling in the glow of a street light, electricity, bowing to nature, mind, bowing to heartbeat, this is gonna hurt, bowing to I love you, I still love you, like moons love the planets they circle around, like children love recess bells, I hear the sound of you and think of playgrounds where outcasts who stutter beneath braces and bruises and acne are finally learning that their rich handsome bullies are never gonna grow up to be happy. I think of happy when I think of you. So wherever you are, I, I hope you're happy. I really do. I hope the stars are kissing your cheeks tonight. 
I hope you finally found a way to quit smoking. I hope your lungs are open and breathing this life. I hope there's a kite in your hand that's flying all the way up to Orion and you still got a thousand yards of string to let out. I hope you're smiling like God is pulling at the corners of your mouth because I might be naked and lonely, shaking branches for bones, but I'm still time zones away from who I was the day before we met. You were the first mile when my heart broke a sweat and I wish you were here. I wish you'd never left, but mostly I wish you well. I wish you my very, very smells like bourbon 20 minutes after the large man in the camo jacket smashed the bottle in the neighbor's yard bellowing you faking no 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 dog you, 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 you're faking I want to imagine that all of the soiled newspapers and condom wrappers and all the streets and all the subways in this stolen fens marsh mutt came to be because illness rewired the minds of 1,000 megaphone voice men into spats of Jim Beam and 2% milk but I know better even in the poor places here, we wear the blistered hands of invisible children on our feet, and we sprawl waste on every inch, waiting for the callous-fingered shadows to pluck and toss whatever we see is ill-fit to live indoors. In the night, the wind in the city speaks of the neck-scratch living dead on its buses and of the asbestos patches around schoolyards, and of the legacy of burned buildings. All the co-ops and green initiatives in Jamaica Plain aren't going to alter history or change the sound of a torn plastic bag on gray snow. In the future, archaeologists will regard our culture as highly skilled in fashioning replicas of Mount McKinley from ball tires and baby strollers and juice boxes and lottery tickets. Let us admire our art, darlings. From the teeth, grinding up a fine powder of price to the throat muscles we use to push down arrowheads and mulch, circuit boards, space, and rubber, styrofoam, and gulp, 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 down the hatch. It is said that America's number one pastime is shopping, probably because throwing shit away is a chore for most people. For about eight months, I ate almost entirely out of dumpsters, from the Aubon Payne in Providence to the Trader Joe's in Hadley, Massachusetts. I can't say that I got any premonition of that land because all of it tasted like a disrespect for everything that grows. In France, they have a notion of dining where food and wine from the same region are paired. They call it terroir, or sense of place. To know a land, one must understand its palate. One time a cop drove by us as we were elbow deep in trash bags and he said, I'm not going to tell you to stop, but that's gross. He wasn't wrong. With a sticky orange glaze and onion flakes crusted under our fingernails, it was hard not to wonder if it was possible to have too much. The bagels might go hard, become bird food, and we might be trying to salvage what was never worth consuming in the first place, smush pastries and sugar scraps just like us, looking for some place that hasn't yet been claimed by the big wallet men or their devil-chested wives, some moon crater part of America where the pox never danced upon the brow of a native, where the guns slept in silence, where everyone might be sustained and the buffalo bones used wisely. Let me find that place. On this earth, in this country, somehow, let it be.
What if a black girl knew that she would be desired by others only if she desired herself? That beauty is not a shade but a mindset and the best indicator of it is self-confidence. As I talk some sense, insert here confidence. What if a black girl knew that her lips were plump and beautiful, that she does not need to hold them in, make them thin, does not need to rely on Kylie Jenner to make her lips an attainable thing? What if a black girl knew that there is no such thing as a perfect nose because the nose isn't meant to be perfect, it's meant to help you breathe and if you can breathe, black girl, you've succeeded. So what if a black girl knew that to be ratchet is a culture defined by the black goddesses whose weave could be any color and whose speech could be any kind of cross from slang to misplaced grammar. Such creativity, so what does it matter? Miley Cyrus does not need to twerk to generate praise for our culture. But what if a black girl knew, not to be bitter, that her father, like her sons, were raised by black hands, and you see in your father what you eventually see in your man, for the molding of your father came from similar hands. So if bitter is the sculptor, then how sweet can be the man? If bitter is the black girl, then how sweet can be our clan? What if a black girl knew that her rubies were hidden in the sand? What if a black girl knew that her hair too was like finely refined wool and not a fiber of her hair was the opposite of cool but it reflects on the outside, the struggle on the inside where natural meets the straightness that we take to our hatred, hatred for ourselves that we project upon each other. But what if a black girl knew that history recorded her as the most sought after? That her bosoms were like raindrops that wouldn't dry after. That her body was a magnet to worldwide wonder. And the jealousy was so great that it polluted the perception of a black girl until a thousand years later. Now what if a black girl knew that she was that same creature that drove slave masters from wicked hate right down to love by the curves in her figure? Eight, but that figure, eight billion dollar figures in the bank account of that Coke bottle corporation launched by the shape of that same figure. Eight, figure out, black girl, figure out. The figures match. The years of social degrading delivered to the black girl's demise. Check your figures, media ratings, 1,000 Caucasians on the red carpet, only two black girls make the cut, and they wonder why we can't grow. Let me guess. Because there are more dark girls than Lupita Riongo. But what if a black girl knew? That life is what you make of it. And opportunities are what you take from it. And there will be no female black president if no black girl wants to become it. What if a black girl knew? Not to be victim. Not to be Pacquiao but to be Floyd because this Mayweather leaves sun rays on our lawn. What if a black girl stopped waiting for the defeat to spring from our floors? What if a black girl knew? That she would no longer take the abusive relationship between her and the media, but decided to make wedding bands between her and her mirror. What if a black girl knew that change is possible and greatness is personal, and though it is black girls at the bottom of the social totem pole, pressure makes diamonds, so it's time black girls to make your diamonds glow. What if a black girl knew? 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 Knew. Knew.
I remember son of a bitch. I remember bastard. I remember being told about everything that I would never be. Never did I hear, I love you. You bring pride to my heart. Or I'm thankful that you are my child. I remember the pain of not feeling worthy, not feeling good. Not at any time was there an embrace or a show of affection. (laughs) Don't get me wrong. I'm thankful that you provided for my physical needs. You did that to the utmost. But I remember that no matter how well I did in my academics, it was never good enough. Even though I was strained my brain to the point of multiple migraines. I remember being isolated and cut off from many experiences of joy that were commonplace to most of my peers. I remember being beat into submission for my transgressions in comparison to many my age. They were not many and mild in their degree. I remember the scar on my right thigh I remember the nickel-sized flat keloid on my left knee. I remember low self-esteem and lower self-worth. I remember thinking, why do I exist in this life? Why was I allowed to survive childhood? I remember the day my baby sister lost her courageous battle for the breath of life. Part of my heart, soul, and spirit died, which had me looking forward to the night because that is the time that I closed my eyes. I remember the emptiness and pain, hoping that I could just die because I wanted to stop the feeling of going insane. I remember the attacks against my body that they would not believe. I remember never being given encouragement or shown the love that till this day my heart needs. I remember feeling all alone in a room full of family members. I remember feeling crazy because of not wanting to be the source of embarrassment. I lived the life of a pretender. I remember my 18th birthday and finally feeling free to make my own choices and live just for me. My life has been a long, winding road that is still being traveled. What I speak on are memories of negativity. They don't define my entire existence, but it has helped to mold my self-awareness. These are some of the many things about being in this reality. I remember. I was little. My mother was a bank teller. I called her a fortune teller. She nicknamed me Pangee, not Pangea. I was never in one piece. 
The first time I called someone ugly, my heart had an ice cream headache for three weeks. Tell that to my future. Say the moon doesn't care to be a bully when it's full. I was running for myself on empty. Not much made sense. Like the Russians didn't like us because they couldn't afford blue jeans. What I knew is that I wasn't killing spiders because I was scared of them. I was killing them because they were scared of me. You can have a cold war with yourself, even in the summertime. I watched the rocks get slapped by the sea. I knew the sea was made of the same stuff as tears. That meant if you were hurting, you could understand the sharks. Maybe carry them between your ears. Maybe hear the word love and start running from the teeth. I was running around with a panic in my chest. The teacher said, silence is golden. I wanted to say silence is bronze at best. But I'd already time-capsuled my voice box, hoping someday I'd be either brave or scared enough to dig it out and open it all the way up. That's how I got here, in this old rocking chair, typing with my grandma's thimbles on my fingers. Every poem is something being sewn. Every poem is me asking, are we there yet? Are we there yet? Are we there yet? Years after, they told me I was already home. My love's feet were still not welcome on the welcome mat, but you never seen bridges that could arch like that. So we crossed the river to where the echo took us in. That's how I learned bouncing back is about being honest with the canyon. That's how I got this see-through skin, this glow-in-the-dark fear. This here's my shame on a silver plate. I know it's the one meal all of us share. I know how much time we spend sleeping beneath our beds because somebody told us that's where the monsters should hide. Y'all, everyone is going to pick a side on whether they're good or bad, whether you are kind or cruel. But what if the quickest route to loving ourselves is deciding it's all true, every bit of it? I was not a child the last time I threw a full tantrum fit in the grocery store. I was not poor the last time I stole someone's heart like it wasn't worth my change. I do not need air traffic control to tell me there have not been enough flights for me to lose all of my baggage, but I am learning to claim it at the same carousel where I am learning beating yourself up is never a fair fight. Only knocks the wind out of our chances to come clean through that canyon to be exactly who we are so we might become exactly who we want to be. So if our baggage is to run, we will one day learn to run like we sing, like someone took apart a cello to build our hamstrings. This is me running straight into your arms to tell you my skyscraper heart might still be afraid of heights. Your dark side might still be searching for its stars, but the acoustics are still amazing. And our meteor showers, the light will never be out of your league. You were the first one picked for your own team. Our underdog hearts are winning this game even when we're doing it all wrong, even when we're falling apart. Sometimes it takes a storm for the whole sea to start doing the wave. I know it took a storm for the message in the bottle to finally reach my shore, to teach me how to write my entire life using only the shift key to mess up, to bounce back, to let myself be the hinge that keeps opening the door to look you straight in the eye, to tell you I didn't come here to write my heart out. I came to write it in. Are 
trying to call in tonight and you're getting that fast busy signal, please keep trying. They are working on our lines right now. The number is 646-595-3965. We'll be able to play some tracks here in a little bit. I'll play some more for you unless we can get these lines up and running. I do have got a couple callers on that have made it on. I want to check with them. I'm going to check and see if Samuel would like to read another one. And then I have 951 and 903. If either of you would like to come on, I do see you on the switchboard. Press 1. That'll put you in the lineup, and that's 951 or 903. If either of you would like to come on. So 951, if you'd like to come on, just press 1, and I'll know to bring you on. All right. So let's go ahead and check with Samuel. Samuel, are you there, hon? Yes, I am live. Did you want to read another one? Sure, I, I share, but you know, I, I was I was enjoying listening to the the, the poetry as well. So, so uh, you know, of course, it's going to be short, but it's new. You get to hear it first. <laughs> so, yes. That's a good thing. It's a very okay. good thing. What you got? What do you got? Brand new off the press. Yeah, uh, I I pulled up a project I started working on, and, and of course it's not complete, but it's going to be in another series of books that I'm writing because I'm constantly writing. You know, I, I, if I didn't mention it, that um, um, you know I worked with Eric Yvonne. You know, I said that last week, but but he he's a he's a, he's like a bonus. You know, it's like if you get help like that, then you I'm internally grateful. But uh, and I'm putting out three books this this next month, June. So. You can look for those, The Clone in Me, Love in the Conversation, and Dark Night Blues. And this is a project that I'm working on. I'm not going to give away the title. I'm just going to read the poem because I want to keep the title a secret. So, but, <laughs> but I'm going to share the poem from the book, two of them. Okay. One is called The Way, and the second one is called Mornings, and I'm going to read them together. Okay. She shares, she shares her memories of long ago. Deciphering life's mystery, it spoke of when man lived with nature and love was beautiful. I read her these hieroglyphics, they'd be complicated passions. Yes, she's sunrise through me. Black lens, I take her from her dreams, a blossom loving me. She be mornings I give into, and that's that piece. I loved it. Now, was that both of them combined, or are you still going to do the second one? No, the, the, that that was two. That was the way and mornings combined together. Absolutely loved it. So you're not going to give us a title of this book till it's done, huh? Not until it's done. Not until it's done. Such a tease. So, Such a it's going to be probably several months before it's done because I'm actually working, writing in like four different projects at the same time, and and just you know just flowing from one book to the other. Uh, and and just writing in them, open it up, a book, and read to what I've written so far, and then write the next poem in that book. And then the order that, that these poems are in is, is the order that I'm writing them. You know, it's no, I don't put books together. I, I write them one page at a time. <laughs> you know, just giving it that, that much information, that's like the breath on the back of the neck that never turns into a kiss. It is a tease. <laughs> Yeah, well, you know, sometimes you just got to give them just a little, you know. I mean, there's so much <laughs> of me out there with uh, like 15 books out there that I have, and and I have 16, 17, and 18 coming out this year, and and of course next year it's going to be you know 
almost the same thing. I'm going to put out uh, whatever I feel. You know, if I feel it, I'm just going to say, okay, I'm, I'm going to put this book out. And uh, I already have two books that I know I'm going to put out in 2020. So if it's going to be a third one, I'm not sure. Uh, it could be. Because I have the material available, I just haven't decided if we're going to do two or three. We'll see how it goes. Very cool. All right. Awesome, my dear. Fantastic job tonight. Now, you know, I, I got something. You know, I, I want to come through Portland on my way down to the Bay Area. So I'm going to hit you up because I, I checked out the poetry scene in, in, in Portland. It seems like a lot of stuff is going on, poetry all there over the place. There is a lot of so stuff that goes I, on up there. Yeah, so I'm going to hit you up and see if you can turn me on to some people that might want to hear some complicated passions. Who doesn't? That's a silly question. (laughs) thinking. (laughs) All right, Samuel, do that. Let me know when you're going to be here, and uh, we'll hook you up and uh, talk to you next week if you can get in. All right, thank you. You're welcome, baby. We'll talk to you soon, hon. Bye-bye. All right, let's go ahead and grab area code 903. 903, you're on the air. Hello, Nyla. Hi. Eric Shelman again. How you doing, sweetie? I'm glad you're back. I'm doing good. Just we're heading on the road again. Hi, Pops. (laughs) You said you're with your dad, right? <laughs> yeah, he's, he said hello back. Yeah, <laughs> he said hello back. <laughs> awesome, awesome. <laughs> All right. So, what you have for so, us, my love? Uh, I'm gonna read. Uh, this one is a little bit of fan fiction. It's real short. Northbound Highway 224, southeast Dolling Drive. All hell, the mighty and powerful Sith Lord, Darth Vader. That's the title. Okay. Once a mere man like you and I, but learned of the Force, both its good and bad side, now a cyborg, mostly machine, decided to join the dark side and reign as a Sith Lord instead of a Jedi, due to wanting to be more powerful as a Jedi. Father of Luke and Prince Leia, both are in the Rebel Alliance, reigns on and over the Death Star, his spaceship, fought Luke, told him he was his father, and Luke smote his head off with his lightsaber. All hell, the mighty and powerful Sith Lord, Darth Vader, Star Wars, best super villain, best super villain and my hero. That's in peace. So what was the name of that piece? Hang on a second. All hell, the mighty and powerful Sith Lord, Darth Vader. No, that's not the name of that piece. The name of that piece is <laughs> The name of that piece is Spoiler Alert. Spoiler Alert on Star Wars? <laughs> yeah. Spoiler Alert. I don't know any of that Mandal- stuff. I don't even have to watch the movie now. Well, there you go. That's a, <laughs> it's fan fiction. <laughs> Spoiler Alert fandom. How about that? Is that good? Spoiler. Is that a good title? <laughs> Spoiler alert, Star Wars spoiler alert. <laughs> <laughs> That's awesome. Oh, Thank Eric, you. great job, sweetheart. Thank you so much. I appreciate it. You're very welcome. You want to, uh, you want, 
Yeah, tell everyone how to find you again. Yeah. Okay. I can do that. This is uh, Eric Shellman. You can find me on Facebook. It's just Eric Shellman, and that's really it for now. All right, sweetheart. Awesome job, and we will talk to you next week. Yep, hopefully so. All right. We'll talk to you next time, Nyla. Thanks so much for the platform. I said to drive safe. All right, I will. He always does. Drive safely, Pops. (laughs) All right, Eric. We'll talk to you soon. All right. Talk to you later. Bye. All right. (laughs) Have a good one, Pops. All right, you good? All right. So, 951, if you wanted to come on, press 1. And I'll know to bring you on, 951. Otherwise, if you're hanging out and listening, awesome. If you change your mind at any time, press 1, and that will bring you on. I'm going to go ahead and play a couple more tracks and see if we can uh, see if I can get a hold of the text and figure out what's going on with the lines again. Remember, if you're trying to call in and get through and you're getting that fast, busy signal, just keep trying. I'll let you on eventually. The number is 646-595-3965 is the number to call in. And uh, I said keep trying. They're working their best to get those lines open. I'm going to play a track by Rudy uh, Francisco called Complainers. Here we go, folks. Following our true stories. May 26, 2003, Aaron Ralston was hiking. A boulder fell on his right hand. He waited four days. Then he amputated his own arm with a pocket knife. On New Year's Eve, a woman who was bungee jumping in Zimbabwe, the cord broke. She then fell into a river and had to swim back to land in crocodile-infested waters with a broken collarbone. Claire Champlin was smashed in the face by a five-pound watermelon being propelled by a slingshot. Matthew Robis was hit by a javelin. David Striegel was punched in the mouth by a kangaroo. The most amazing part of these stories is when asked about the experience, they all smiled, shrugged, and said, I guess things could have been worse. So go ahead. Tell me that you're having a bad day. Tell me about the traffic. Tell me about your boss. Tell me about the job you've been trying to quit for the past four years. Tell me the morning is a townhouse burning to the ground. Tell me the snooze button is a fire extinguisher. Tell me the alarm clock stole the key to your smile, drove it into 7 a.m., and the crash totaled your happiness. Tell me, tell me, tell me how blessed are we to have tragedy so small it can fit on the tips of our tongues. You see, when Evan, you see, when Evan lost his life, she was speechless. When my cousin was assaulted, she didn't speak for 48 hours. When my uncle was murdered, we had to send out a search party to find my father's voice. Most people, most people, most people have no idea that tragedy and silence have the exact same address. When your day is a museum of disappointments hanging from events that were outside of your control. When you find yourself flailing in an ocean of why is this happening to me. When it feels like your guardian angel put in his two-week notice two months ago and just decided not to tell you. When it feels like God is a babysitter that's always on the phone. When you get punched in the esophagus by a fistful of life. Remember that every year, two million people die of dehydration. So it doesn't matter if the glass is half full or half empty. There's water in the cup. Drink that shit and stop complaining. You see, muscles. Muscle is created by repeatedly lifting things that have been designed to weigh us down. So when your shoulders feel heavy, stand up straight, lift your chin, hell, call it exercise. Remember that life is a gym membership with a really complicated cancellation policy. Remember that you will survive. Remember things could be worse. Remember we are never, ever given anything that we can't handle. When the world crumbles around you, you have to look at the wreckage and then build a new one out of all the pieces. 
voices that are still here. Remember, you are still here. The human heart beats approximately 4,000 times per hour, and each pulse, each throb, each palpitation is a trophy engraved with the words, you are still alive. You are still alive. Act like amazing piece it is one of my very favorite tracks incredibly powerful piece of poetry incredible writer Rudy Francisco check him out All right, let's go ahead and grab area code 951 I see their hand is up 951 are you with me I am Nyla how you doing I'm doing what's great how are you doing I honey I'm, I'm, I'm still good still good I don't know, I pressed one about five times and it just didn't connect me. So I had to hang up and try calling back and that let me in. You know, what's really funny is we are having issues with the lines right now. And when you were doing that, was there a track playing? There was, and especially all throughout Rudy's, when I called back, it was playing throughout Rudy's poem. I'm like, oh, come on, I like this one. <laughs> I could hear when you were trying to press one, I could hear it. But I couldn't see anything. There was no nothing on the board at all. But I could hear the beep of the of you pressing the button. That is so weird. Right, right. That is crazy. That's craziness. Well, welcome to the show, sweetheart. Well, thank you, thank you. Um. <laughs> so, and I, I, I want to say in honor of my boy, because I consider him a peer. You know, because uh, we, we just played the Rudy Francisco joint. Um, I'm do something for my spoken word day. Not that they're over entirely, but I don't focus so much on that anymore. So, um, also, we're at the end of the school year. So, a um, little something for the teachers and students. Now, we're, we're just doing one, right? You can do two. Or, okay. All right. So, um, this is the protector. Welcome. Welcome into the mind of a mild-mannered alter-ego, this predominantly pleasant and patiently peaceful PE teacher features mild manners, altered Negro. For the sake of my secret identity, I can only say so much. But for nearly 20 years, I have quietly donned the daily mantle of adoptive father, called daddy by babies not of my bloodline, born to countless mothers whom I never knew. It was exciting in the beginning. Rushing into burning buildings, a human torch igniting and lighting up young minds, a one-man infantry, hellboy at war with a broken system, hell-bent on choking wisdom in its vital infancy, racing off in a flash to save the weak from dangers unseen in doctors. Strange how each unique child born with mystique has the uncanny ability to look just like me. Who am I? I'm black man. Apparently... An unlikely source of defense, or so the story goes. So the story is told, repeated, and sold, boldly amended for names and changes in location. But for all of my frustrations, I battle this nemesis, contending with lack of appreciation, pretending it doesn't hurt when bullets 
intended for children, bounce off my chest and burn like tears born on the morning of a thousand suns. When one thousand daughters cry and wonder when their salvation comes, that's when I, at the speed of light, I run, fly Mach 5 from the moment of my takeoff, ready to take off this shirt and take off on somebody trying to get hurt with the world. When the world piles on my kids, I take it upon me and lift up with immeasurable strength, shake off negative perceptions of men when there's so many more like me doing all that we can, and though we rarely show it, it takes its toll, consistently doing right in the face of wrong, so I'll continue to fight, press against the horde if need be, driven by pure will for no reward. See, this, this must be how superheroes feel when they say, because if I don't, well, Mama, what are you doing? In the Daddy's reciting a piece, a poem. <laughs> you know, having her in the background was actually perfect for that piece. Yeah. What's her name? Yeah. This is Rosie. Say hi. Hi. Hi, sweetheart. The whole world is saying hi to you right now. That was awesome. 
And I cannot even seriously cannot even begin to tell you how much I've enjoyed having your daughter on tonight. <laughs> thank you, and she thanks you as well. If she could understand what you're talking about. <laughs> it was just so heartwarming. I can't even tell you. You know, it's like. You know, you, you're sitting there and you're reading your piece and your kid's in the background and, and there's noise and stuff, but you're still living the poetry. You know, you aren't making excuses. I can't yeah. call him because, you know, my I'm, my kid's here and my kid might make a noise. And, you know, you're just, you're living your life and, and sharing your work and your words and loving life. And you can hear the joy in you, you know, just, yeah. it, it's awesome. This was, this was great. Thank you. Thank you. Yeah, that's actually a cat, but sure, why not? <laughs> All right, so there's your homework. I want you to write a poem for your daughter entitled, or titled, not entitled, titled. Would you just say that's a cat, but okay? <laughs> that's a cat, but okay. <laughs> or, or no, that's a, what, what was exactly the line you just told, said to her? Uh Good question. Um, doggy. Uh, sure, doggy. That's a cat, but okay. Doggy. All right. Yeah. So that's, that's a cat, a, but, but that's sure a cat. Doggy. That's a cat, but okay. That's a, that's the title of the poem. That's, a cat, that's but a cat, okay. but okay. And I want you to write a poem for your daughter for us. All right. That should be fun. I think you'll have fun with that. <laughs> All right. <laughs> Yeah, trying to scare uh, the cat away. It's easy to do from the top of daddy's shoulders. Don't we all feel tense to keep tall on top of daddy's shoulders? There's a poem there. <laughs> exactly. See, I'm telling you. You know, you can trip over inspiration and not even know it's there. It's, it's everywhere. All right, baby cakes, do me a favor. Tell everyone how to find you, hon. All right. Eric Devon on Facebook, E-R-I-C-D-E-V-A-U-G-H-N-N on Instagram, on Twitter, YouTube, pretty much everything else. I am true, the poetic, and I also have a page I run with um, Samuel Rain called N8 Divinity Books. It's um, book design and creative consulting where we help people publish books without being an official publisher. So I design <laughs> covers. Yeah, I don't want that. <laughs> I design covers. I format books. I edit. So, N8 Divinity Books um, on Instagram. You can see some of our work. And, but, <laughs> almost, baby. And, through the poet, also on Instagram. <laughs> Bye, honey. <Well. laughs> All right, sweetheart. Bye. Thank you so much. Great job tonight. All right. All right thank you. Bye bye, sweetheart. Bye, bye baby. Bye. <laughs> Uh, all right. Area code 202, you are on the air. How are you? It's Kane's Cadence. Hey, sweetheart. How are you? Uh, I'm I'm doing. I'm good. It is good to hear from you. What you got to treat us with tonight? Um, I have something I was writing called Great Clouds, so. I said, just decide to go with that. Okay. Uh, this herd is like gray clouds. 
I'm squinting to see the sun rays that warm my heart just yesterday. No medicine fighting the approaching tears when I can see the obvious signs displayed here. My manners feel that they can only be one. Intellect-based, I'm highland and depression addressing me, wondering if it makes me seem like a lesser me. No French intended when I acquire that what has happened to we. No lies when my life has been so traumatic that I harbor a mind with multiple sides. Smoothly fooled like these meds induce me, keeping me, help me keep my cool, when all along, God, I always knew it was you. Sometimes I feel like my cries are being watched with closed eyes, and I can't decide if it's cruel or a lesson you're trying to provide. So I goose Ah, goose robber. Every moment feels as if it's getting harder, praying that your love continues to save me how. Hopefully save me now, even as I search for your light through these great clouds. And be Fantastic, absolutely fantastic. Thank you. You are very, very welcome, my dear. That was phenomenal. Uh, I appreciate it, and I appreciate the platform. Um, Do you want to read another one? Always, um, oh, let me see. I got. Let me see. I got another one here. You weren't going to get off um, that easy. Look at you doing this together like that. Okay, the news. All right, it says, uh, <clears throat> you were losing it. Confused the news isn't for you, but let me warm up. Information gets wrapped in music-type situations, and people have warned us. So, Lord, trust if I perish for these troops, let me know that it was worth it. But you've blessed me with an intellect and protect me as I addressed it. So firstly, all facets of media has been spanned from Alpha Draconian. Just wait. They've dedicated to controlling us into it's time for owning or cloning us, deciding which lines go viral, but think about it. What actually goes viral? Spread is sickness and altered pictures and stories that always make us feel like something's always missing. Are you a believer? Have you ever seen those advertising for workers needed for FEMA, big money to man quarantine camps where they have no people? Pics were posted of disposable graves outside Atlanta and hundreds and hundreds that disappeared after being captured on camera. But I'll put a pen in that. I'll show you an example of draconian business where something that will happen gets fed to us and labeled as science fiction. How about a show was released in which the people of Atlanta were quarantined because of a virus was accidentally released and they went through having nothing to eat and killing each other in the streets. Bodies moved, were burned or buried and closed off into little camps where Atlanta's dying was acceptable as long as the rest of the world had an actual chance. Well, people, that's science fiction where you take truth and sprinkle acceptance and fantasy and then you mix it and show enough of it so it doesn't scare you by the time you actually witness it. Let me prove it real quick. Do you know there are funds dedicated to dealing with zombies and so many shows have you played with that if you saw one, it wouldn't be alarming because all you've got to do if you see one, well, if you know the answer, then you've seen how it works. You'd be out there walking dead trying to swing for what it's worth. Now you can go back to dancing or whatever makes you feel happy with the understanding 
I can't stand you. Now, back to regularly scheduled programming. And that, ladies and gentlemen, is the news. And peace. <laughs> I love it. That was incredible. You're so fire you. tonight, my darling. Thanks. Just trying to, you know, <laughs> tonight I need poetry, so I'm, you know, I needed it. So. Well, we needed you. So do me a uh, favor, love. Tell everyone how they can find you. Uh, you can find me uh, at King's Cadence, the Cadence Creatively Spelled. K-A-D-E-N-C-E um, Or you catch me at the uh, the Cadence Storm Poetry Hour page um, Also featuring Desire um, Where we uh, Have group poetry And you know and Take the time to look at, look at each other's work And all that um, Or You can find us on the Storm's Cadence page um, If I'm With Jana Storm you know, then you can find us there. So, I believe that's it. Very cool. All right, baby. Great job tonight. Appreciate you, honey. Uh, thanks a lot. You're welcome. Bye-bye. All right. So, we are still having issues with our lines, guys. And I'm going to... If you're trying to call in, it's a fast, busy. I, I don't want to play 45 minutes worth of tracks. That's a lot of time on tracks. So you know what I'm going to do? All of you take out a pencil and paper. I've got a uh, real fun workshop that I'm going to put on for you real quick, a recording of a workshop that we did called I Am. So get out a piece of paper and pencil. We're going to walk you through the steps on writing a poem. You're all going to have a finished poem by the end of the show. Okay, so get your papers and pencils out. I'm going to play this for you. And you can get a poem written. And I'm going to, I'll am going i be watching the lines. If I, can, if I get the lines back on, then we can always jump in and do, take some more calls if you guys are able to get through. But right now, I can't unmute anybody, so we're going to do this. We're going to do this workshop. Get your paper and pencil out. Here we go. It's called I Am. It's a workshop. Welcome to the Inkwell, brought to you by the Speakeasy Cafe Open Mic Poetry Show. The Inkwell is a how-to show designed for writers, to help them advance in their writing careers. So you've written something. Now what? That's what we're here to tell you. Now, on to the show. Hello, everybody, and welcome to the Inkwell, a writing workshop brought to you by the Speakeasy Cafe Open Mic Poetry Show. I am really excited about being able to do this tonight. I've been wanting to put these, this one together uh, for quite a while. And uh, so I'm real excited. We're going to have a couple special guests joining us in a little bit, but I'll get to that in just a moment. 
I want to make sure that you have everything that you need and ready to participate in the workshop tonight. So you want to make sure that you have, and I don't want you doing on this, this on the computer, please. Have a paper and pencil or a notepad, a, a spiral notebook, sheets of paper, whatever, and a pen in front of you because I want you to write this stuff down. Now, the way this workshop is going to be put together is we are going to be going step-by-step through the construction of a poem. All right, so by the time the episode is over, you will have a finished poem. So I want to make sure you have a paper and pencil, all right, so that you can write down the instructions. Now, the way that this workshop is going to be set up is you are going to be, I'm going to be walking you through a set of instructions. And then when it comes to the time when you should be writing, we're going to take a minute and 45-second break, giving you time to write down the things that you'll be able to write down. But it's also designed so that you can come back and listen to it in the archives. So if you want to just sit and hang out and listen to the entire episode and not do the writing at this point, that's fine, all right? Because when the show goes into the archives, you can come back and go through step-by-step, and when we get to the music portion, you can pause the show, write everything that you need to write down, and then start the show up again so you can go at your own pace. That way you're not pressured to get it done in the minute and 45 seconds because in all honesty, it's probably going to take you a little bit longer than that. All right, with that said, it's going to be a really fun night tonight. I am really, like I said, I am really excited about doing this. It's one of my favorites to do. This actually comes from a workshop that I teach called Writer's Block is Just an Urban Legend. It's like the boogeyman. If you don't believe in it, it can't get you. However, there is such a thing as writer quicksand. And these are pits that we create for ourselves. We impose these unrealistic demands on ourselves as writers. When we don't meet them, we let our feet sink deeper and deeper into these traps. You get busy with life and you don't write a new poem for a month and instantly you blame it on writer's block instead of allowing yourself your humanity and realizing that life happens and that's okay. You have to remember you are always a writer even when you're not writing. There is no definition of the word writer that reads you must produce a poem every day. Another pit we create for ourselves is when we sit and stare at a blank piece of paper and get frustrated when this amazing poem does not pop out of our heads and spill all over the paper. Creativity does not always work that way. Sometimes it needs a primer. One of the reasons I give out homework, writing assignments, prompts, and exercises on the show is to put you out of your comfort zones and get you writing. Writing anything, it doesn't matter. It's to get you out of the thinking that every time you put your pen to paper, you have to create a masterpiece. And that's simply not the case. As a writer, you want to develop good writing habits. And one of them is to write something and write something every day. I said something, not necessarily a poem, just something. It's why I encourage you to carry a journal with you, carry a notebook with you, a notepad. Always have paper and pencil on you. When a thought pops in your head, stop and write it down and don't think, oh, I'll come back and write it later because you'll forget. You'll never do it and it'll be gone forever. Take the two seconds you need to write it down. What it does is put your hand to paper. And in doing so, it keeps that creative side of your brain active, thinking, working, creating. Think about a little boy who keeps running up to daddy with a baseball in his hand. Daddy, daddy, will you play catch with me? And the daddy's busy and sends a little boy off with a not right now. Every time that little guy runs up to him, it's always the same. Another excuse, and each time he is sent off, a little more crestfallen. Pretty soon he has learned not to ask anymore. This example comes from a workshop I do called Stop Pissing Off Your Muse. There's nothing worse than your muse giving you the silent treatment. If you don't listen to this creative side of yourself, you become the daddy in this example, and pretty soon that creative side of you becomes less vocal. 
We blame that on writer's block when it is something we ourselves have laid the trap for and fallen into. But it's easier to blame our muses than ourselves, right? Breaking that cycle is the easiest thing in the world to do. How? Write. Write something. Write something every day. Anything. It doesn't matter. Put your pen on paper. Take a couple of moments to listen to your creative side. Think of that little boy. If daddy had said, son, I'm busy right now and I don't have much time, but I've got five minutes. And for five minutes, he throws the ball with his son and then hugs him and says, daddy has to get back to work right now. Think how differently that scenario would play out. Think what a different reaction he would have with his son. It's the same thing with ourselves. How we treat ourselves, the things we tell ourselves are important, is no different. You are the father and you are the son. And what message do you send yourself? If a random thought pops into your head, do not wait. Take two seconds and write it down. It's important. There are a lot of things like this that we'll be covering in future workshops. But in today's, we are going to do a poem workshop, where in the end you will have a finished piece. When you set your pen to paper, do not be the tyrant and expect your muses to perform on command like, like Salome doing the Dance of the Seven Veils. You know, well, we all know how that turned out, and it wasn't pretty. Instead, have things to do while you wait for the have – have different things that you can provoke yourself with while you're waiting for that bolt of lightning to come crashing down from the heavens with that masterpiece that just seems to write itself. I mean, stop putting pressure on yourself, guys. And remember how much fun it is just to play with words, how much fun it is to have fun with them. And that's what we're going to do now. For this workshop, you're going to need a paper and pen, like I said. And please, once again, use a paper and pen. You write differently. Trust me on this. You write differently when you write on paper than you do when you type. You actually think differently. Writing on paper is slower. What you produce will be better. I'm going to walk you through eight steps. and For each step of this exercise, you're going to give at least six descriptive sentences, abstract thoughts, fragments of ideas. You can write more than six if you want, and I encourage you to do so. The more, the better. And the reason for this is when you think of a thought, the things floating on the surface are the easiest things to scoop up, the obvious answers. The more you write, the deeper inside yourself you have to go the more personal and the more emotional things you're going to find. The things that you write are going to be much deeper. So don't go for the easy answers. Push yourself to think harder. Close your eyes when you're answering these and think, visualize, smell, touch, taste, and you'll understand as I go through this. Really look for those deep answers. Don't grab the easy ones. All right, so I was told never to start out a poem with the word I because it immediately turns off the reader and it makes it hard to connect with a poem. And I really got to thinking about this. I mean, you know, know the rules and then break them, right? So how do we break the I rule? The only way is to write something so personal that the reader is pulled into the words and they can place themselves inside them. They become the I. You can only do this with very strong and emotional concrete imagery or very raw and emotional contact through the words. So once again, the more examples you write, the more of this strong type of imagery you will find. The more you write, the more deeply emotional responses to the question will surface. All right, so before we get started, we have two special guests who are going to help me with today's workshop. All right, so I am going to bring them on. We have Stan and George with us hey, tonight. Mama. Would you guys like to introduce yourself to everyone? This is Stan from Alabama. And this is George from Michigan. <laughs> 
All right, guys. So I'm really, really excited that you've agreed to do this assignment with me and to do this workshop. You know, it's been fun getting it coordinated, but I have to tell you guys, you are just troopers because we've done this on pretty short notice. So I appreciate both of you guys being here. So Stan, I want to start with you. And I want you just, you know, for the sake of those who may be listening who have not met you yet, would you tell us a little bit about yourself and a little bit about yourself as a poet before we get started? I sure will. Well, I am uh, a retired blue-collar worker. <laughs> Moved here to Alabama back in 1990. I was originally from California. Uh, I got into poetry just about maybe four years ago, and it has just pretty much basically become a very major part of my life. I've uh, been, of course, on Nyla's Speakeasy Cafe, Spoken Word, also on World Poetry Open Mic, uh, Poetry in the Law. Uh, when Sinister Spittle was broadcasting, I was there. Um, I'm a part of the Outlaw Poetry Group. Got a group out there called Friends of Word, Wisdom, Wonder, and Wit. And that's pretty much it. <laughs> Perfect. Okay, I'm George. I spent 37 years in a, in a corporate office. Retired from there to relate. Then I, did, uh, I had education to teach college. I taught history at a community college for 12 years and since then have retired. I didn't pick up poetry until about a little over two years ago when a local, when I saw the ad for a local poetry club in the town I now live in, joined up and uh, it's become, like Stan, it's become a, a big part of my happiness. And I'm still learning to write. I had bits and pieces of writing over the years, but I didn't uh, I didn't write poetry seriously in any way and, and I'm not still not sure I reached the serious level but um, I am, am eager about it. I have a, a little uh, part of my Facebook is a poetry site and I'm also uh, entering a few contests and I'm a member of allpoetry.com and I'm eager to be here and glad to be helping out with Alan Stan. Well I am really glad that you are both here and you know it's really funny because until we really started talking the last couple of days and getting this workshop set up I had forgotten how long the two of you have been writing and it really amazes me that you've only been writing for as long as you have because you both are exceptional writers and that's the reason I asked you to participate in this workshop with me. Both of you use very good solid concrete images and so I, I thought that you would do very well with this. And it was kind of funny. I don't remember which one of it you uh, I was talking to this morning, but I said that it didn't matter how long you've been writing. If you're a poet now, you've always been a poet. It's just taken you that long to put your pen to paper. So it doesn't matter how long you've been writing. You've always been a poet. You've always had the poet soul, and I truly believe that. So you both are here with me tonight on your own merit. I think you're incredible writers, and I'm very proud and excited that you're going to be doing this with me. Well, I am too. <laughs> Yay, group hug. <laughs> Here we go. All right. So you guys ready to get started? Oh, yeah. I am. All right. So first, once again, we are doing a writer's workshop called I Am, and we're breaking the I rule. Don't start a poem with the word I. We're going to be breaking that rule. And what I'm going to do is I'm going to give you each a question. There's going to be eight of them. And then I'm going to play some music. And while I'm playing the music, I want you guys to write down your answers to the questions. And you have to write at least six descriptive sentences, abstract thoughts, fragments of ideas. And don't worry about the structure is because you can edit at the end of this later if you want to. The idea is just to get as many thoughts on paper as you can relating to the questions that I ask you. Once we're done with the questions, I'll be giving you the formula or the structure that you'll need to create the poem. Sound good? Okay. 
I'm on board. <laughs> awesome. All right, so let's get started. So everyone have your paper and pen ready, and I'm going to give you guys the first question, and then as soon as I give you the question, go ahead and start writing. I'm going to play a piece of music that's going to last for one minute and 45 seconds. So you've got a minute and 45 seconds to write down as many ideas and thoughts and abstract ideas and all that good stuff as you can, all right? So to start out this with, I want you to think of we all have a place that we're rooted to. You've had a bad day or you've been in a fight with your girlfriend or you're just feeling a little antsy. It's the full moon. I don't know what. But we all have some place that we go that is very special to us. All right, I want you to think of that place that you run away to. And you'll see an example later when we get to the end of this. I'm going to use the example of the ocean. The ocean is one of the places that I run away to that's my secret alone place. I have a beach that I go to that's a pretty secluded place. It's not a real well-known or tourist attraction type of place. And usually when I go there, I'm I'm pretty much alone. And I can wander and walk and think. And it's my secret special place that I go to reconnect with myself. We all have a place for that. For some of us, it might be our backyard. You know, for some of us, it might be going to the mountains. It might be whatever. But I want you to think of that place that you have that deep emotional connection to. That's your place of solace, your sanctuary, where you go to re-energize yourself, where you run away to when the world's being mean, when you just need to have that time. Think of that place, and I want you to write that down at the top of the paper. I want you to think of that place, and I want you to write down all the things you love about that place, all the things that are important to you. Why does it? Ha- why do you have an emotional connection to that place? What is waiting for you there? What's waiting to greet you? What What is it that's amazing and special about that place that calls to you? I want you to write down everything you can think of to describe that place. So we are going to play our minute and 45-second music bed and starting now. There we go. 
Okay. Did you guys get stuff written? Yes. Yes, I got awesome. uh, five or six things written. Great. All right. For number two, the second question is, I want you to write down your favorite season there. All right. Write down all the things you love about your favorite season. And if it's like an indoor place, if it's the library or something, your favorite time of day, your favorite season, your favorite time of day, I want you to write about, you know, how the weather or the time of day affects it. Um, how does it make you feel? How does the things around it react? Anything that has to do with the season or the time in your favorite place. So you'll want to write down about six descriptive or abstract answers about how the season affects your favorite place, what it looks like, how does it feel, how does the weather affect it or the time affect it. All right? You ready to go? Oh, yeah. All right, here we go. Minute yep. and 45 seconds. down? Oh, it makes me feel like teacher. <laughs> Don't make me throw the eraser at you. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Number three, I want you to imagine yourself in this special place. I want you to close your eyes and inside your mind, I want you to look around. Imagine yourself there. Look to your right and look to your left. I want you to write down all the things you see. Describe them. Describe what you see. What are your surroundings like? And remember, you know, use abstract sentences, abstract thought. You're not trying to create perfection here. You're just trying to get as many ideas down on paper as you can. So go ahead and start. So, yeah, just just write. Write what you can think of. Let's What's do it. there with you? We're on it. We're on it.
All righty. Are you ready for number four? Yes, ma'am. I am. <laughs> Great. So, again, and when I say close your eyes, there's a reason that I want you to close your eyes. When you're writing, if you sit there and stare at a blank piece of paper, you're staring at a blank canvas. You're, you're staring at something where there is no inspiration. But if you close your eyes when you're trying to imagine what you're writing about, all right, your brain will automatically do what your brain does and start creating images. All right, so when I say close your eyes, it's that there's a reason for that. Psychologically, human nature is our brains only work one way. So if you do this, it'll help you. All right, so I want you to close your eyes, and this is going to sound really crazy. I want you to close your eyes and listen. All right, if you close your eyes and picture yourself there, I want you to listen and describe all the things that you can hear there. What are all the sounds? Think about anything that you can possibly hear. Go ahead and start writing. Think about all the things, a ticking clock, the ocean waves, whatever it is, whatever you can hear, write it down. Next question, number five. That is, are you there alone? Are there other living things with you? Now, if you'll recall, I already had you close your eyes and look to the left and look to the right and write down everything that was there. But that's different if there's a living thing with you. So is there? are you absolutely alone? Are there other people around you? Is there a spider in the web, in the bookshelf? Um, I want you to write down if there's anything else living there with you, write about what's there, what's unique about them, how does it affect the place, how does it affect you. All right, go ahead and start.
that takes us to number six. And number six is, what do you smell? Close your eyes and put yourself there and write down everything that you smell. What are all the different things that are there that you wrote down earlier? What do they smell like? How does it all contribute to the whole? Like I talked about the ocean earlier. You know, so salt air, airbrushed on skin, the tart aroma of endless sun-bleached blue. You know, whatever you can think of. How do all of these things smell? Go ahead and start. Okay. Ready for number seven? Yes, we are. Yes, 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 yes. <laughs> All right, awesome. Number seven is touch. What do you physically feel? How are the things there? How do they affect you physically? Like, does the wind touch your skin, for example? Does the uh, the scratchy upholstery on the chair? How do the things there feel? How do they physically make you feel? All right, and uh, it can be if you're looking at something, you can feel it physically without it even touching you. You know, so kind of think about like the sun; it isn't actually touching you, but how does it make you feel? All right, physically, how are, how do you feel physically in this place? What are the physical effects it has on you? All right, go ahead and start.
we are at, finally at number eight, the last one. Are you ready? Oh, yeah. <laughs> are you guys having fun? We're, we're, yes, we're almost ten. All right, number eight. I want you to write all the things that being there makes you feel inside, what it means to you, all right? What's empowering about it? What's, in, what's frightening about it? How does it feel to, when you plug in to recharge? How do you feel when you get there? You know, what is the process, you know, the, the exhale or the inhale of the place? What is it that you feel when you know it's time to leave? Write everything emotionally, the impact that place has on you spiritually, uh, psychologically, all of that. Write all the things that it makes you feel inside being there. Go ahead and start. Okay. down with your pencils. So was that fun, guys? Yeah, it was. Yeah, I can't guarantee as to its quality, but it's a quantity <laughs> here. Yeah. And once again, this isn't about this isn't about quality. It is about quantity. And uh the more quantity you get, trust me, the more value will be there. The more things you write, the better things you will find. You know, the, Usually we write, you know, we're, I always tell everyone that, you know, in our lifetimes we're going to write a handful of great poems. And we're going to write a bunch of good poems. And we're going to write a whole buttload of crap, all right? <laughs> <laughs> and that's just the truth True. of it. You know, the things that we write that we find floating on the surface, what usually floats on the surface, right? Where do the gems lie? They lie on the bottom. So kind of think about that when you're writing, folks. <laughs> Don't always okay. take the easy way out when you're writing. No, I'm not. I'm just sitting here still working on that nice little wordplay you had in there with the buttload of crap. That was good. <laughs> well, you saw what I did there, and huh? I thinking, <laughs> and I was thinking that it hasn't taken me a whole lifetime to write some butt, a buttload of crap. 
that promises forever. All right, so that is an example of how that can be put together. So what I am going to do is I am going to play another music bed, and this one is actually going to be just a little bit longer. Let me see if I can find it real quick. I should have had this one ready. We're going to play one by Michael Bredemus, and this piece that I'm playing, you guys, he actually listened to you guys doing the open mic one night, and was so inspired by you guys being a pope, by the poems and the the creativity that he heard here, him being a music writer, he sat down and wrote this piece of music, wrote this song, because he was inspired by you guys. So it's pretty cool. It's three minutes and 44 seconds, so you guys have four minutes to construct your poems. Are you ready? Yes. Uh, All right. <laughs> here we go. This is Michael Bertimus with My Own Divide and Guys Write.
The shortest three minutes and 44 seconds. Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered Jumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby, mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa, take it easy, Judy. <laughs> The Chumba Life is for everybody. So go to ChumbaCasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.